Okay, stand by here, folks. About to go live here on all links. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Sports Scope. I'm your host, Robert Butler, on the most influential sports show in the country on this April 5th day of 2022. We are finally officially in the spring. Uh, the tournament's over. Uh, we're going to talk about going to start off my show with that, but I'm also going to let you know, Devontae Parker, That's that's there's a little bit more to that. <clears throat> And people finally calling out LeBron uh, to a point I've never expected. The Giannis versus LeBron argument is starting to heat up. I'm on the Giannis side of things. Uh, Also, Adam Schiffner, he got a $9 million contract. I mean, you you guys won't believe what – I'll talk about that here in a little bit as well. Bobby Wagner, Rich Get Richer with the L.A. Rams. Tiger Woods playing. There's so many stories. I think I'm probably not going to get to them all within this 45 minutes to an hour. Uh, But let's get started, okay? All right. The final four. Now, I'll tell you this. I did not watch all of last night's game. uh, This kills me with primetime TV for us working folks here, okay? Uh, 8.30. 829, 827, 830 Central Time, which is 9.30 in the East. Uh, I heard this went almost to midnight out on the East Coast. And uh, I went to bed at halftime last night of the game. Uh, North Carolina versus um, Kansas. And I went to bed, 15-point lead, thinking it's over with. I won a little bit of money on on North Carolina over the weekend. Hubert Davis done a really good job there. And and I thought they might have ran. One of their bigs got hurt. Carolina's bigs got hurt. Came back, won the game in uh, in Duke. And I thought, you know what? That was a really emotional game. And then you have 48 hours to play a a team that kind of ran through Villanova Villanova like a hot knife through butter. So I took Carolina minus – or I took – Kansas minus the points didn't didn't uh, win anything on that because it was a four-point spread. They won by three. But it was the greatest comeback in history uh, points-wise, 16 in uh, national championship history according to the AP. Now, uh, really impressive run by Herbert Davis' first year head coach there as an eight seed. I will say this, they beat Baylor, beat Duke. Duke was a two seed. Baylor was a uh, one. Remind you, folks, UCLA was a four. Uh, they had over a twenty point lead on Baylor. I was listening to that the first weekend, driving and making some errands on that Saturday. And I'll tell you that that was a real impressive. Uh, if it wasn't for a bad call, a flagrant two, uh, got the player from Carolina kicked out of that game. They would have blown out Baylor. So they go through all these really big, should have won last night, but they simply ran out of gas. Now, Hubert Davis, now here's what you're not going to hear of where else. This is what, uh, you see this a lot uh, with, with coaches taking over for legendary coaches and the team super, super exceeding the first year or two, or two. And I see this with Herbert Davis they were an eight seed, and then they went all the way. And this is his first year taking over for Roy Williams. It's five and one, and they beat a 15-point lead, halftime lead. This reminds me, and I mentioned this before, when you got a guy like a Davis takeover, that that, that, that new voice, there's an initial surge. Uh, do you guys remember Mike Davis? Mike Davis, ironically, uh I don't think there's any relation. He took over for Bob Knight. Bob Knight, controversial fire for uh, Indiana back in 2000. Back in 2000. Uh, hitting the student. I don't know. Bob Knight doing Bob Knight things, right? So, two years later, he takes these guys with still Bob Knight's players all the way to the national championship. 
just a few short years later, Davis was fired. And you see that Larry Coker with Miami for under Butch Davis. Now that's in football. Uh, Wade Phillips, I'll talk about this. Wade Phillips for Bill Parcells, NFL. That's also football. But, but you'll see that new voice come in. and But you, you still have a lot of the culture left over from the from the other coach, but this coach adds another pizzazz and it kind of falls apart. Now, that being said, this may be an outlier. They may go and run with it. Sometimes the interim coach does well. I mentioned that with Bruce Arians taking over uh, for, for the Colts and, and getting a job somewhere else for that coach. Remember that coach had, had cancer. So it can happen, but more often than not, that it, it it really doesn't work out. That being said, one of the most impressive runs I've ever seen, even if it was with Roy Williams players. Uh, on the other side, Kansas. Nobody's going to tell you this, but I'm telling you this, okay? I'm telling you what the, the, the powers to be were likely thinking coming into this tournament about Kansas and Bill Self. Uh, he has not really done that well since winning a national championship in 2008. That is, what, 10, 14 years ago? And they had to come back against in that game against Memphis. So uh, he, he, righted, uh, he bought himself some equity there. And now the fact that they won, I want to say there was a stat that says, the Kansas City didn't have a top 100 player. That's the first time that's ever happened. Just the veteran team kind of came together at the right time. They didn't have a top 100 player recruited out of high school. Why? Because Self hadn't been doing good up to this point. So he kind of bought himself. A, he's got some new life there at Kansas winning this national championship. But, uh, but hey, if you win, you win. So that that's my assessment. Now, Coach K. Let's go back to Saturday. Remember, I haven't talked to you guys since last Tuesday. Uh, you know, had four NBA guys, again, with the one and dones. Couldn't really get a lot done there. As far as break into the national championship game, everybody picked Duke. I wasn't. I looked at the way Carolina was playing in this Final Four. And, but just throw that aside. Coach Shiseski from Duke has had to deal with this one and done stuff. Uh, think about the 2001 team, Shane Battier, senior, Carlos Boozer, I think it was a senior, junior, senior, all those players. And it's one other player. I think it's Jason Williams who went to the Chicago Bulls. That was before LeBron got, LeBron came out of high school in 2003. You think about it. That was his last national championship until several years later. I'm going to say 2010 or whatever. And that gap was a big gap in his career because that was when the one and done and zero and done thing really started to take off. We know about Kevin Garnett and, and Kobe in the 90s, but it really didn't do it until LeBron. And, and, and of course, you had the actual one and done rule put in. Okay? So you want to compare him to John Wooden. John Wooden, 10 national championships, UCLA. And I was looking at, you know, Coach Coach K has 1,202 career wins. Coach Wooden has 664, practically doubled the amount of regular season wins. Five national championships from Mike Krzyzewski to 10 of – Coach Wooden, who's considered the greatest of all time. Now, he had a shady recruiter with him. Uh, John Wooden, even though he's a man of faith, he had a very shady recruiter that is well-documented uh, that, that worked with him, a financier, whatever you want to call it, air quote. He was a shady guy that had associations with John Wooden. Now, and also, why I lean for Coach K to be towards being the greatest is Coach K 
did not have Kareem Pickles. He he won three, would have won three national championships with arguably the greatest basketball player, all levels, high school, college, professional of all time in Kareem. So, and then I read, Kobe Bryant said this before he died. He, he says, if I had to go to college, no matter what, if it was made for me to go to college, I would have played for Coach K. Can you imagine a guy like talented as Kobe Bryant with the work ethic of a Kobe Bryant playing three, four years with Coach K? He may have been that much better of a pro. He may have passed Jordan if he would have played four years with Coach K because he would learn how to accept coaching. He would learn how to uh, be more of a team player. Uh, he would learn to have a better perspective of things. You know, Kyrie Irving played one year with Coach K. One year. Think if he had played three, four years. LeBron said he, he, he would have visited Coach K. Now, he's from Ohio. Everybody thought, well, he probably would have went to Ohio State. But, hey, they didn't have that great a coach in uh, 2003. I don't remember them being that dominant in 2003. So, it, you know, you got to look at career wins, lack of players staying, the shady recruiter. Uh, yeah, Pickle says Bill Walton also to take into effect. Uh, even Stephen A. Smith said he's one of the better big men of all time before his injuries. You know, so Coach K it, it will have a long... Let me tell you also about him. He's a guy that that he can get... He coaches hard, but he's respectful. He's not a Bob Knight. He's not a Greg Popovich. Uh, even 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 uh, Nick Saban. Nick Saban will coach you hard, and and sometimes he crosses that line. He crossed it with Paul Feinbaum once, but he'll come back and, and, and apologize and say, "Hey, look, I was out of I was out of uh, point there. I, I was off base there." That's a guy like Coach K. Uh, between him and Jimmy Johnson, are two of my uh, of the Dallas Cowboys are two coaches that I would probably want to play for or if I had a kid to play, play for them. They're going to coach you hard, but they're going to be respectful. And you see the players crying after they lose. They care. They care. Uh, he, he helped, I think it was, uh, it was either Grant, Grant Hill, or uh, might have been Jay Williams. And Coach K got on. He said, "Me, me, me, me." Start. He said, "Listen, man, start saying we, because you can't be successful if we're not successful. You're not going to get talked about as much if you're successful versus us being successful. Little stuff like that. Little tidbits. Remember, this guy came from Army, and he didn't even have a winning record when he came from Army. So he had a guy like Knight speak up for him, but he had that discipline with with respect. So." You know, I think the guy's the greatest of all time. Looks like he can still coach. He's 75. Um, maybe he does. Some people say maybe he pulls a Brady and comes back. I don't know. But great tournament this year. Uh, it's not. It's never going to be what it used to be because we don't. We have the one and done. Yes, it's been a problem. I I, I, I wish that it would be. But this leads me into what else uh, I'm going to talk about. People talk about Mac from the Mac and Jack and Jim show on Sunday. Uh, asked me who I thought the greatest basketball player uh, is in the league right now. Who is the man? And quite frankly, he was saying also, who should the league get behind? What type of guy? And my answer is not an American. You know, uh, this past weekend, Giannis Antetokounmpo, had passed Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the uh, most points scored by a buck in the history of the game. Uh, while he was with uh, Milwaukee, whatever. And, you know, he, he, he's no super team. 
won an MVP already, won a finals MVP, won a regular season MVP, won a defensive player of the year. LeBron hasn't done that. And the other day, the guy's bringing dad joke book. This is dad, D-A-D, dad jokes to the podium. And he's cracking jokes with the media. Uh, He's not a vindictive player, not a passive-aggressive, backstabbing player like who I'm about to get to here in a minute. Uh, He's a guy from Athens, Greece. He's not even American. But he's so grateful for the opportunity to come in this country and make $100 million to play a kid's game. Uh, he, He doesn't talk about his coach out in public. Uh, he's always acting grateful, always takes the blame. From what I've heard, now maybe maybe somebody can correct me if I've heard otherwise. Unlike LeBron, who is uh, constantly working behind the scenes to get people in and out, uh, embarrassed his coach going all the way back to Cleveland, Remember, remember that uh, 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 pickles where he says uh, the coach calls a uh, an inbound play for another player to shoot the ball, and he says, "No, I'm not doing that. I'm going to take the shot." So he actually said instead of just keeping that in house, he had to say that. This was I forgot it was a coach that coached there for a little while, but he's this guy who likes to run rough shot on everybody, and it's all come to a, a halt this week and it's it's a good chance they won't even get in the playoffs not to mention his divisive political comments his uh, comments about the police department about being a victim i mean all that garbage we didn't talk about the china stuff and you can still be ambitious and still believe in what you want and i still say that with Giannis. but there's a certain way to go about and doing things he don't know how to do and he don't listen to anybody and how to do it this is what I'm about to play a soundbite from the uh, about Magic Johnson from the Colin Cowherd show taken from the Get Up show about LeBron James, the general manager, and the, the errors that he made uh, this past year while the Lakers aren't even doing anything. Something I've never, I still hasn't heard from a guy like Giannis. Listen up. This is LeBron, uh, Magic own LeBron James. Can you imagine him saying this, Pickles, about a Larry Bird or Michael or anybody of that nature? But he says it about LeBron. Listen up. This is taken from the Colin Cowherd show, if I can get it to run up here right. The blame that he's got to take is the fact that the Rosen ended up in Chicago and not with the Lakers. The Rosen wanted to play for the Lakers. And when I got the call from his agent, I called the Lakers, said, hey, he wants to come home. And the Rosen could have been a Laker instead of a Bull. We could have made Westbrook. that deal. But when Russell and LeBron and them start talking, that's when they nixed that deal. And Westbrook, he became a Laker instead of DeRozan. By the way, DeRozan's averaging 28 a game, a career high. He's an all-star, and he has acknowledged earlier Lakers did him dirty. Yeah. And that's typical LeBron acting like he's not doing nothing behind the scenes. And now Frank Vogel's going to be fired, Pickles. And Pickles says, so they had a play between Magic, Jenny, and the agent for DeMar DeRozan, who's having a career year. And, of course, LeBron and and, and Westbrook. Nothing you hear from Giannis. Now, I know that Jordan bashed heads with management, but sometimes you have to tell these players, no, you have to take back your league And let them know that, hey, look, you still work for us. And I believe in buying out contracts, and I still stand by everything I said. But this player empowerment is what's watering down your league. You know, Colin Cowherd, of all people, he's like one of the big LeBron lover. He's brought that up on his show. 
And he also brought up the fact of all this load management. You know, that's all, all that's pushed by LeBron. People say, well, no, nah, what about uh, the Spurs? No, but LeBron pushed all that. He pushed the 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 longer all-star break, you know, all that super team stuff, playing manager. You know, the NBA teams should all collude together and 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 say, we're not, we're gonna take our league back. If you don't like it, go start your own league. You know what? You know what's gonna happen? You, Kyrie Irving, you LeBron James, you're gonna have the same problems we did. And then the players who play for you are gonna give you the crap that you're giving us. You see what I'm saying? So, yes, I think uh, it, the league will be so much better once a guy like LeBron retires and we see a Giannis start to, maybe even a Luka, somebody like the two foreign guys, right? And start to have a better attitude. And I know Luka's not as humble as a Giannis. But... Even Joker out of uh, Denver, those guys. It was, was the MVP last year. To have more humility type approach, not calling out your coaches, not trying to persuade trades behind the scenes. And people say, well, some sh- Magic did that. Michael, yeah, but they were told no. And the issue with Magic, and I've watched this winning uh, – when in time, uh, docu series. It's a well, it's a series, not a docu series. It's a series about the Lakers from when Jerry Buss purchased them, and I can't remember the guy's name that took over nineteen eighty. The coach, but Paul Westhead was the assistant coach. Put in this great system after uh, Jerry West steps down, and then this coach gets hurt in a bike accident. This Paul Westhead took takes this coach, George, whatever, takes his system. They win the championship with Magic. But that guy was a fill-in guy. Again, what I was saying about Hubert Davis, he was a fill-in guy. And Magic said, hey, I don't want to work with this guy. That was a unique situation. Then they went on, hired Pat Rowley. The rest is history. Got five rings, four more rings. But you still have to tell these players no sometimes. You know? And I think more people should put these players in their place. The NBA should say, three years out of high school, you got in IL now. Yeah, Westfall. Yeah, thank you, Pickles. And take back your lead, you know? Let there be a structure there. And I, I know it happens in every sport. I know it happens in football. But, you know, it can be done. People just have to stick to their guns. And I think it'll work out for the Lakers eventually. But it's good for incidents like this to happen for when you let players run your league. You like to see somebody get ran in the ground when an incident like this happens. But I just like to see a guy just grateful and humble to be there. And, again, they could still be empowered. They could still do the same things. But they, uh, but that 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 negative vibe that LeBron puts out is is just it's just not healthy. It's not healthy for the game, you know. And you hope that other players and a lot of people are followers. Most people are that that they uh, see a guy like Giannis, and you see how the people treat Giannis and how he is uh, perceived. Now, he may have a private, a different private persona, but how he's perceived is how the Jordan was perceived by the general public, not what LeBron has put out over the last few years. And I told you guys, I said Westbrook's going to be a disaster. It's even worse than I said it was. But I did predict that they will try to trade him at the trade deadline, and they couldn't even do that. And I knew it was all LeBron, and then we found out, That's what it was.
Okay. All righty then. Switching gears here. Okay. Devontae Parker. This is a bigger deal than other people are talking about. Switching back, switching to the NFL. Devontae Parker was traded Saturday. I was a little tired Saturday, Pickles, but I was going to do a short on Saturday, but I didn't. Got tired. I, I got an early start. Got my errands done and just kind of laid down and slept late in the afternoon. So Devontae Parker was traded to the Patriots for a fifth round this year and a third round in 2023 draft. Now, isn't that ironic, like the song says? Isn't that ironic? Just a few days after I brought this up on this show that Robert Kraft criticized, said he's disappointed that the Patriots are 0-3 in the playoffs, and shows like mine and some of the bigger ones have talked about the lack of moves that the Patriots have made versus the, those huge moves by Buffalo signing a mega deal, probably overpaid him, but signed a mega deal to Von Miller. And then the Miami Dolphins make a huge trade to the Kansas City Chiefs. They get Tyreek Hill, one of the best game speed players in the league. Uh, they went to an offensive system. They brought in all these offensive linemen, uh, two new running backs, new head coach and McDaniels. And the Patriots don't do nothing but trade away players. Shaq Mason, you know, uh, uh, they brought back Malcolm Butler, a player who's retired, uh, and they brought him back for $4.5 million. So all that happened last week, early in the week, and then Saturday, boom, pickles. Go up there and... And, 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 and talk Miami, this is unheard of in other divisions. But I've told you before, the Patriots only one to do. They'll trade in division, and they talk their division foes into doing it. They traded Brandon Marshall uh, to the Jets. Of course, it didn't work. Marshall was washed up. But Parker, he's, a, he's only an $8.7 million cap hit versus $30 million, $28 million for Devontae Adams and Tyreek Hill. Uh, so this, and it's not a bad play. It's really not. That's a veteran player. He can be the threat. He's a two or three. He's not a one, Devontae Parker. He's not a number one receiver. But if you compare him to the 30 million for the top end guys, that 28 is a good number. And I still don't think it's going to be enough. And I was looking at their opponents, Pickles, for next year. And Kraft, like I said a week ago, I don't know if Kraft may get this ego trip thinking it was about him and the, the management he put together and Brady, and he he freaks out and fires Bill Belichick. I think that's insane in the membrane. But I'll tell you this, they have a rough schedule. Next year, uh, everywhere I've looked between FanDuel and DraftKings, they're over and under is eight and a half wins. And depending on players and everything, I know their opponents for next year. They got to go play at Cleveland. They got Deshaun Watson in that game. If he's not suspended by the league, that's a loss. At Green Bay, I don't know. That may be a loss. Hold on. Let me change out my uh, change out my time here. Yeah, so they can play at Green Bay. Uh, at Miami. I th- they're looking at possibly being swept by Miami again. Now, I got them beating Minnesota. I got them sweeping the Jets. I got them beating Baltimore because I think Belichick's got Lamar Jackson figured out. But they got to play Cincinnati. Cincinnati's a better team right now. I got to beat Chicago, young quarterback. They play the Jets, uh, the, the the Lions, Jets again. I got them beating Pittsburgh. But then they got to play at Arizona. Not sure. Depends on when they play. At Vegas with this former coach there, 
Josh McDaniels. Last time McDaniels played Belichick, he beat, beat him. His assistants match up pretty well, Mike Vrabel included. Uh, then they got the Colts. Colts beat them last year. I got them at eight wins, maybe nine. Maybe nine. That's not enough to get in the play. That They're behind Buffalo. You know, they're probably going to be behind Miami. So it's, but that being said, if if Kraft is, is patient, which I hope he is, again, their cap goes up to like 80 million next year and over 100 in 2024. Well over 100, it's like 120. And those two years, if they, and I think they will, I, I think they will, I think they're going to stick with Mac Jones. Then they could make their Super Bowl run because then Josh Allen's money, big money kicks in. Then Miami's probably moving off of Tua because he's hurt too much. Then they're just worrying about the Jets. They may have, Robert Salif may be fired by then. Then the power dynamic's going to shift. Then they can make their run at the Super Bowl. Now, of course, the AFC West, I haven't mentioned mentioned them before with Mahomes. Kansas City's going to be better. You know, a lot better. They they got they're getting a lot of those picks from Miami. But on Miami's side of things, Chris Greer has quietly had a really, really good offseason. So the Patriots gave them a third round pick. But check this out. See if I can find this. Okay. Adam Scheffner. Talk about him and I'll hear in a minute. Uh, by Acquire New England's 2023 third round pick, Miami's scheduled to have two first round picks, a second, two thirds next year. So now if Tua don't work out, which I don't think he will. 2023, much better quarterback draft. You got Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, uh, Will Rogers from Mississippi State. Those guys are just a few. That's just the ones that I'm talking about. There's always a player or two that comes out of nowhere. You got two, four possible top flight NFL quarterbacks to jump on the scene. I don't think Caleb Williams will be ready. He looks good. The guy's going to transfer from USC that went to Oklahoma. But I, I, th- I really think Bryce Young is, is going to be well. He's going to be playing well. And I like that guy from Mississippi, Will Rogers. He started really looking good towards the end. Uh, don't be surprised if uh, he jumps off and be becomes a, a major player in the 20. 20- 23 NFL draft. So Miami's looking ahead there. And this is a proven year for Tua. He's got to stay healthy. They've got to get to the playoffs. And I think they will. I think they'll probably sweep uh, New England again, if you ask me. Could be wrong. Could be wrong. But there's more to that trade than beats the eye. And that's why you got me here to call out those particular uh, and and somebody says, well, somebody put out a uh, a picture here. This the Cowboys fan put this out on the internet. He said, Cowboys trade away Amari Cooper for a fifth round pick, and uh, the the Dolphins get a third and a fifth for Devontae Parker and Amari Cooper. Uh, you know, leading receiver for one at one time, and uh, there, there's a there's a winning record there with uh, Dak Prescott with him, and it, it all comes down to dollars. Mark Cooper has a twenty million dollar cap hit. Devontae Parker was half of that, half the player. Cap hit's a big deal. Cap hit cap hit is a big big deal when it comes to these things, folks. Okay. All righty then. Uh, Bobby Wagner. Bobby Wagner signed with the Rams. Now, a lot of people said, well, they 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 let Von Miller go. Listen, guys. 
Von Miller's 33 years old, and he got offered a ton. I want to say 45 guaranteed for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, overpaid for a 33-year-old pass rusher. This guy, uh, maybe one year, maybe two, and, and then after that, uh, they're gonna Buffalo's gonna eat a lot of that dead money. But Buffalo's thing is, we're gonna try to win this year. We're gonna try to win this year the way uh, the Rams did last year. And Bobby Wagner going back to the Rams situation now. He's 31 years old. Big difference from 31 to 33. Uh, $10 million a year. And he's playing behind Aaron Donald, 30-year-old Aaron Donald. Uh, Aaron Donald will be 31 in May. Aaron Donald's also, the defensive tackle, has put his house on up for sale. $6.2 million California home for sale this year. Maybe he's still contemplating retirement. I know he's got a $120 million extension out there. Uh, my guess is he's going to sell that home. He's going to play a year or two on this contract and probably walk away. That being said, Aaron Donald, like I mentioned on the Mac and Jack show the other day at Jeff Jeffco, uh, when you get a linebacker as good as Bobby Wagner has played, uh, playing behind an all-pro like a Aaron Donald, that is a Ray Lewis Haloti Nada type of situation. Uh, that add on that will add on years to your career. And this guy may Bobby Wagner could win Defensive Player of the Year. That's how good that can work out if if Aaron Donald don't retire. And if you look at the Rams, they've got their front, middle, and back covered. For the first time since being their defense may be better this year. Now their offense might not be enough. They still got to replace Wentworth. But it, you know, a lot of people were irritated. The rich getting richer, blah blah blah, and talent, success, and the Rams are successful. You, I call balls and strikes. I don't discriminate. I don't hold grudges. I don't have an agenda. I just call it like I see it. They ran what their gambles have paid off, you know, and their success reminds me of the 04, the 03 and 04 Patriot teams when they get a guy like Corey Dillon for nothing and they get a guy like Vince Wilford Pickles that falls to them at the end of the first round in the 2004 draft. And you have a 10-year run stopper on an already good defense. And that's the same thing with, with, with this team, with Sean McVay, Les Snead, very good general manager. Very, him and, and, and the general manager uh, of um, Mickey Loomis, I think is his name that's with the Saints, made an oddball trade with Philadelphia. He's got something up his sleeve. Uh, that winning culture uh, and the success attracts talent. You know, it attracts talent at a cheaper rate than it would be everywhere else, even with those high taxes in California. You know, McVay, again, this guy... I think he played college football. His dad was a player. His granddad was a general manager and a coach. So he he sees everything from a three-dimensional view, Sean McVay. Player, coach, management. Only thing missing is the owner, right? So, and he's used those skills. At a young 36, 37-year-old age, and being born on third base into that, he's used all that for his advantage, and now they got a juggernaut going on. Now, they're going to hit a wall, and they're going to hit it fast, but you can't take away the fact that they've already won one Super Bowl, and then a few years later, they... Go to uh, go to one Super Bowl in 2018, then they win it in 21. They've extended Matt Stafford. 
They got the best cornerback in the game. They bet the best. Now, this is luck. My dad used to tell me, Hardy, work, luck. They just happen to have the best defensive tackle in the game, Aaron Donald. And they figured out a way to trade for a former number one overall pick, a talent, got him out at 32 years old from, even though he's a turnover machine, he also had one of the best fourth quarter ratings in the league in Matt Stafford, you know. But it attracts talent. It really did. And the Ravens, I want to say the Ravens were pretty close to offering more money. But Wagner knows that, you know, with Lamar Jackson, the way he runs, he knows that, that, that he has a better chance. And they got a chance to repeat. That old Sean McVay, uh, he's a guy that he, he's takes that Dale Carnegie stuff, and that was probably taught to him by his grandfather. How to win friends and influence about knowing everybody's name, being respectful, but also commanding it in return, even if it is to a much younger. And he's not afraid to put people around him who know more than what he does in different areas. Like I said, I've, I really commended him for bringing in a Wade Phillips when he first start, got that head coaching job. A guy could be pushing grandfather age for Sean McVay way older than his dad, bringing him in when he first got that job. Now, it's got a bunch of other young coaches now. But that that environment, you start to track, got like the Patriots back in them days, Pickles. You know, you got Corey Dillon for nothing. They got Vince Wilfork for nothing. They got Randy Moss uh, wants to be, once saw it as being totally, and I, and, I, and I subscribe to this, when he played with the Raiders in 2006, Totally washed up. I mean, I was watching one of those games back in 06, and, and uh, it looked like that, that Randy Moss for the Raiders, before he had traded to the Patriots for nothing, was looking into the stands when the snap was being called. It's like he wasn't even looking at the snap count. He was really out there. And then he goes to the Patriots and he has this rebirth. But when you got that kind of success – Things just seem to fall into place, and that's what it did for the Rams, you know. And going just revisiting the 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 Bruce Arians thing, I'll say this, and, and I, I know I said this on my teaser, and I gave a lot of information about this on on Friday, uh, Thursday when this happened. Uh, Arians, again, he retired from the Arizona Cardinals, had a heart attack, had some health issues. Then he unretired and coached uh, Jameis Winston for a year. 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. Then they go out and get Brady. So they won the Super Bowl. I, I thought he could have possibly retired after 2020. He played coaches last year. He gets a, like a torn Achilles or something on a sideline injury. And then he, uh, you know, then he eventually retires. But this thing about, you know, him and Brady, now that's probably legit. But, you know, Peter King put out an article, and Colin Coward brought this. I want to bring it and give him credit for that. King says that all the, all, all the and, and the kind of what I was saying about LeBron, all quarterbacks, Bradshaw had problems with Chuck Noll. Bill Walsh and Joe Montana had issues. Brady and Belichick had issues. Phil Sims and, and Bill Parcells had issues. You got two alphas there, two competitors there. Phil Jackson and Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan and, and Phil Jackson. That's sports. High ego. So I don't think it was fully. I, I think Arian said, I know he went to the owners and everything, and I can fight this, but I already got my ring. I've already retired once, and I do think that, you know, him going to the front office job, I think that's probably garbage. But, you know, he probably could have dealt with it because he dealt with it in 2020 when Patriot, when he told Tom, he said, do it your way then. Because we could see you're, tur you're turning the ball over too much with my scheme. So they basically had it on anyway. So a lot of stuff is misunderstood, and there's some egos clash. But the truth of the matter is, 
Bruce Aarons is going to leave anyways. He's tired. He don't want to do with it. Brady has a void to fill in his life. He hasn't got that field post-football yet. Now, he might take a hit too many this year, but it, it, it's it's still that void. He, he's got to scratch that itch, and, and, I, and I know he's a proud guy. I know he wants to be a mogul and all that stuff, but I still say he should try coaching, you know, at least a quarterback coach or something. If he don't like it for a year, he can go away. That's afraid he's gonna he's gonna he's going to coach one he's gonna play one year too many, and it's it's just not gonna work out. But we shall see. We 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 shall uh, we shall see, my friends. Okay. And other news: Tiger Woods switching gears here to golf. Uh, says he's going to play after his twenty twenty one February twenty twenty. February 23rd of last year gets in that car wreck. And I was one of the only few people I said, if this guy has to have his leg amputated and later Tiger said that he was going to have his potentially on the table to have his leg amputated in that car accident. It was so bad. Uh, if you guys don't remember, he, he flipped over an SUV off an embankment in California somewhere, seven something in the morning, local time. He was speeding, but he was never charged with it, which I don't know why. And a miracle that he even made it. Lucky to be alive. He was knocked unconscious during this accident. Uh, he has uh, his right leg had a rod and screws in it. And I said this. I said if he had to have an amputated, he's going to try to get back out there. And now he's saying he's supposed to make the official announcement tomorrow, which is Wednesday, for Thursday's tee-off, the Tiger said he's going to uh, play. Now, if he can make it to the weekend, that would be a miracle. If Tiger can make it to the weekend, that would be a just just a total miracle. Uh, I think it's a miracle he's even playing, you know. But if he can win it, that's 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 fairy tale crazy stuff. That would be a story and a half. If he can win the Masters. And he's also been working with his son, Charlie. Charlie Woods, uh, almost a spitting image of Tiger. Swings are a little bit different. But, you know, he's 13. I mean, what do you expect? His son is 13 years old. And, and I'm thinking, man, how time flies. Tiger won the, the Masters for the first time at the age of 21. His son is eight years younger today, will be this year, he'll be 13 this year, uh, than he was when he won the championship. Now, I don't know in eight years if his son's even going to be at the pro level to be even compete in those majors, but that tells you how fast time flies, and that tells you how perspective, uh, you know, life and appreciation people should have and they can be over with in just a snap of the fingers and i'm sure that tiger woods has had a coming to jesus moment and realized that he's not bulletproof and uh he's taking things more seriously and not living so reckless but it'll be a great it will be a story and a half I'll, I'll say that. I hope he does well. I'll be watching. Maybe even uh, bet on it. Pickle says it'd be a miracle. And that's what I'm saying. It'd be a miracle of base cut Friday. That'd be a story right there. Even if he blows it on Saturday. If he makes the cut, that's a story. I mean, it's cool he's even playing. I think that's pretty interesting. I'm curious if he, if he can make the cut. Okay. So... Adam Scheffner, I read this from the Sports Business Journal. These TV personalities are getting paid, and this is great news for guys like me, I tell you. And I have to channel my inner uh, pickles. I have to channel my inner uh, 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 Forrest Gump 
and Lieutenant Dan scene where Lieutenant Forrest Gump is walking out of a talk show in New York somewhere. Lieutenant Dan's in a wheelchair and he's behind him, but he can't see Lieutenant Dan, but he can hear him. And Lieutenant Dan is saying, they gave you the Congressional Medal of Honor. And then Forrest is like, Lieutenant Dan, he said, they gave you an idiot who goes on national TV and makes a fool of himself the Congressional Medal of Honor. And I thought about that line when I read this sports business journal that ESPN's giving Adam Scheffner $9 million a year, five years, $45 million contract. They gave Adam Scheffner, a weasel, uh, a reporter who lets Bruce Allen, yes, that Bruce Allen, of the Washington Redskins then, then, then the Washington football team, then the commanders, edit out his stories. This came out in those controversial emails when the, during the investigation between the cheerleaders uh, scam and everything. And a Washington team, by the way, is being investigated from withholding funds from the league. This guy, Adam Scheffner, this weasel, is letting uh, that former president, general manager, he had a lot of titles, Bruce Allen, the right-hand man of one of the grimiest, crappiest owners, Dan Snyder in all of sports, edit out his story that came out last year. Now ESPN's giving him a $9 million a year, a reporter pickles, $9 million a year, $45 million contract. Now he said, why is that? ESPN is handing out money. ESPN has spent an ABC, which is owned by Disney and ESPN has spent over $250 million bringing in Joe Buck, Troy Aitman to call Monday Night Football. Uh, it's then Adrian Wojciechowski. There's their basketball reporter for a total of $250 million. They're paying Troy Aitman $90 million. He made more than that, and he's ever made football. And the reason for all that is, is because they won those SEC contracts. With the, uh, that is what I know that, that is in – that is what I know that, that is that is in ink. That ESPN, ABC, they're gonna have they're gonna have uh the big SEC games. They beat out CBS for those contracts, and the money is flowing in like nobody's business. And you know why? This is a year after uh, a year, four months, four, four or five months after Pat McAfee got $20 million from nothing like timing, right? I'd rather be lucky than good any day, Pickles. Uh, from, from um, geez, what's this app called? FanDuel. But advertisers know one thing. And I'm a guy who uh, records everything. They know that people will watch commercials and keep the TV on the live sporting events. That's one thing that major advertisers know that. And that's football. Football's huge. NFL's huge. Uh, college, these college games are massive now, particularly in the college football. Alabama, those huge Alabama guys. I was so tired last year. I could not stay up late enough to watch Texas A&M and Alabama went until 11 o'clock at night. So I'm watching, listening to those stupid commercials because I wanted to see the next play. And therefore, ES, or ABC, whatever, they won all these contracts. They outbidded the uh, CBS and stuff. So they got a lot of the Fox talent and they're paying – uh, a, a, this reporter, this little weasel, 
Adam Schefter. And all of you said, man, you bucking to get a job. And I said, no, I'll tell him to his face. I'll tell him what he is. He got on to me one time. He 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 got into some political crap, and I said something to him about it. And all of a sudden, this other account just starts attacking me. That was his dummy account. He's not man enough to say it straight up, you know. Uh, but Scheffner is um, not a bad reporter, but that's what he is. He He's that guy. And Robert Griffin called him on this. Robert Griffin the third when he was Robert Griffin says we're you're reporting all this stuff about me where was you getting that from and we know it was from Bruce Allen and stuff saying he's a bad worker he's showing up so Scheffner is that guy that these general managers owners coaches don't have the nerve enough to say publicly about a player They'll put it through a guy like Scheffner to get their message out. That little weasel, you know. And, but God bless him. If he can make $9 million, I'm worth 20 Once I get, and I tell people this at work and stuff, because I know how lazy these people really are. I've been around them. I, I mean, when I did an internship back in, Channel 2, I made all those people feel insecure. And I was a freaking 23-year-old intern just trying to get done. They were all hating on me because I was working hard. And they, but they're like that in the national scene, too. They're real lazy. They follow each other. And they don't double-check anything. They just go with what some other reporter does. Now, Adrian's a pretty hard-working guy. But Scheffner's like a, he's a weasel, you know. And... If you're gonna play a reporter down there, I mean, what, what are you gonna play a major? And that's why Stephen A. should probably ask even more money than they're paying him. He is pickles. He's a major weasel. He's a, sp- a spoon, spoon-fed. Yeah, yeah. So th- these these coaches, none of these guys got the nerve enough to put their name on something. They want to go through a guy like Scheffner. I mean, you have no dignity if you give. And I I got a journalism degree. If you give a um, whoever you're writing a story, I would never do that. So here, I want you to edit out my story. So no, if I get a quote, I'm running with it. If I got my sources, I got my quote, I'm running with it. I'm not getting you to edit out my story. I might as well be a public relations guy for the Washington Redskins. Then Washington Redskins. But that clown... More power to him. You know, the guy got, i tell you about Sheffner, somebody don't know. He got with the guy's, uh, a widow of a guy who died in 9-11. You know, that's what kind of guy he is. He, he's, he, 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 he's a weasel. You know, he's, he's the ultimate. He ain't got the nerve asking a woman straight up. He's got to kind of hover around and weasel. And you guys should have heard that interview, how he backpedaled out of the interview with Robert, Robert Griffin's and not being nice about it. I listened to podcast last year and it wasn't too long after that interview pickles with, with Robert Griffin that those emails about Scheffner leaked out of him telling Bruce Allen, Mr. Editor, is there anything I need to leave out here? And now ESPN's paying him $9 million a year, man. What a, what a, uh, what a deal. What a deal. But there's an old saying, high tide raises all boats. So here at Sportscope, we're getting here at the right time. If you guys like the show, please share the show. I will be on the Mac, Jack, and Jim show on, um, hold on, let me change out my stuff real quick. I will be on the Mac, Jack, and Jim show on Sunday around 7.30 a.m. Central Time. You can find them on the Northeast Streaming uh, YouTube app. Or if you want to watch a replay, I will post it on my Twitter. I will post it on my Facebook page here. Uh, Mac, this would be under Mac Sports. We'll go over this week in sports. Now, Jim is a former Dallas Cowboy. And, uh, you know, Jack Hirsch is a writer. And Mac is the creator of the show. Uh, really good show there. Now, I'll also come on from time to time, guys, and talk news on here. 
I'll break stories on here. Um, so keep keep everything, keep your notifications posted. And here in the near future, I'm, I'm going to be looking for a job. Because once I get in, they got to pay me more than what they're paying this clown, Adam Schefter. Okay? So uh, that's why I've been pulling back on doing more shows during the week because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to make that next step to put Sportscope on a uh, bigger platform and I'm just not going to pull any punches. People like Adam Schefter, I'm just going to call them out. And if that costs me a job, so be it, Pickles. So be it. You know? But, uh, again, that, that's cool. I mean, they, they gave Adrian Wardrow House get $35 million, 90. I mean, Joe Buck, uh, $90 million to uh, – not Joe Buck. Uh, to uh, uh, Troy Aitman, 75 to Joe Buck. I mean, these guys ain't worth a, a pinch of this. I told that to a friend of mine, Pickles. He said, I said, what do you think they're paying Shell? He said, 85000 I said, no, $9 million. Add a few zeros. So, anyways, have a good night, everybody. I will see you otherwise next Tuesday around 9 p.m. Central, give or take 10 minutes. Preferably, if I can get over here at 8.45, I will, like I did today, because I have a big show. We're over an hour, so... Have a good night, everybody. I'll see you next time here on Sports Scope. Thank you, podcast.